Well, hello, friends. I hope you're doing well today. And I am trying to um, brace myself here in the Northeast Ohio, as it looks like we have a storm brewing. So if you hear some noise behind me, it's trees and the wind howling. But um, we're going to still get our um, intention out today and kind of talk about duality. And what do I mean by duality? The duality I'm speaking of is about good and bad, um, different polarities of things, and that those can coexist within us. And I think oftentimes we try to put things in a good or bad category. But there's this one murky part of life that things don't always tuck so neatly. And I'm going to mention some very controversial people. And the premise of the conversation is to not glamorize or take away from crimes or things that they've been charged with, but to talk about the duality in these people. One of the dualities I want to talk about is the Bill Cosby. Um, I think it's very interesting how, you know, people talked about him as being the America's dad and how he was one of the first African-American men who um, was a full uh, force to be reckoned with in uh, comedy and how many things he did uh, behind the scenes for um, the African-American community. And then when the allegations began to come about with the sexual misconduct, I think it was very hard for people to hear it. And I think people couldn't believe that this person who did Fat Albert and did The Cosby Show or did Different World or any other other things that he did could have the audacity to also be a sexual pre predator as well. And I think the problem that we do in our society is that we have our look for a bad guy. And I remember in the, as a kid growing up in the 80s, and I don't know if you guys remember this, they would have the most awful drawings for the most wanted people. Everybody looked grungy. They looked bad. They looked scary. But what about the Ted Bundys? I mean, Ted Bundy was a relatively attractive man, and he was killing women. Um, again, you know, we have this misnomer that, you know, evil and bad people look one way, and they are one thing. And the reality is, and I know this is going to get somebody's uh, goat, is that we all have good and bad in us. Now, what I will caveat and say is that it's to the degrees. I have some not so great things about myself, but not to the extent that I'm going to hurt my fellow brother or sister in the world or be malicious in a way that um, it would lead me into a court situation. Um, but we have people who land there and we often question, how do we land there and how do we wrestle with those people who show up and they're this way? And it's funny because that really is the, the irony of life, a lot of it. You know, we, we look for these people or we put people up on a pedestal of being so great and they don't have these flaws. And when in reality, they're all human. They're all human. And we all are uh, full of flaws and imperfections. And what we usually see is just the output of time. 
right? We didn't see maybe some of the things that happened to Ted Bundy or some of the things that happened to Bill Cosby, but we just saw their ultimate output of their behavior. And what I want to bring this to the masses, if you will, well, how does this apply to us? Because I want you to understand that there are no perfect people in the world and that when we are making judgments and making sweeping judgments about a group of people or a person, there's so many intricacies that go into that. And you want to be mindful that you don't throw the whole baby in the bathwater away. Does it mean that Fat Albert was a bad show because Bill Cosby produced it? No. Does it mean that Bill Cosby did some very bad things to violate women? Yes, that stands. And I think that we have to look at that when it comes to our complex relationships, especially when we get to family. And that gets uncomfortable. I was recalling uh, when I was a child, I had a couple of uncles who were great singers. I mean, they could do what with the best of them. But as a child, I didn't realize what I was seeing was the output of alcoholism. And there was a familiar scent, I remember, with my dad's father. And I remember this scent for years. And my grandfather didn't live a long time after I was born. I, I, and, I, and I feel horrible because I can't remember the exact time frame when he passed away. But I remember I wasn't um, in high school. It was definitely in my earlier years when he had passed. But I remember years later, I would encounter a gentleman that I actually dated. And it took me until the end of that relationship to realize that he gave me this familiarity of my grandfather. And this gentleman was a closet alcoholic as well. And I didn't see it initially. And that's what I also want to bring to your attention. Sometimes when we have these people around us that we don't see all the different components of who they are right away, those things kind of open up in different times and different spaces. And I think sometimes we beat ourselves up because we've should have known, could have known, and we should have did things different. But when those people decide to make the choices that they make, they made those decisions without us. For example, the gentleman that I mentioned uh, that I dated who smelled like my grandfather because he was an alcoholic as well, he did a very horrible thing to my oldest daughter. They got into a very bad altercation. And when I look back in retrospect, I couldn't recall a time where I even saw that he would have been violent against myself, let alone my children. And I bet I beat myself up many a times to say, why didn't I see this coming? How did I not predict this behavior? But what I can say is there was a couple of blues clues that didn't say that this gentleman would necessarily get into an altercation with my daughter. But there were blues clues that showed me that this person has some questionable character. And that's another dog whistle I want to put in the conversation. Sometimes we don't see the ultimate act that the person does when we're in relationship with them. But we see some characteristics that aren't as savory as they could be. And, and we see them and they're in slight ways. 
but but because they may not have ultimately affected us directly we don't think about them in a profound way but ultimately those behaviors are profounding because they could lead to something and i think that's why it's so paramount that when you are getting to know people that you take your time and you really listen for those initial conversations and you also are mindful to weed people out sooner rather than later because if i look back in retrospect he actually weeded himself out the first year we were dating but I kept them around because at that point in time, I didn't have anything directly that impacted me. I want you to hear that. I didn't have anything directly that impacted me with this person. So therefore, I kept them with me. And 10 years later, we would get to a fever pitch where this gentleman and I, there's not a possibility of any reconciliation. We can't be friends. Um he crossed boundaries that were just um, irrevocable and, and so on so many levels. And it discounted the experience that I had with him. It tainted that whole experience. And I just want us to think about that, that, you know, there are people that we encounter that have some really good things about them. And we think, wow, you know, how could this person who treats his wife so poorly, but be so kind to me. Keep in mind the overall arching um, behavior is that this person really doesn't come from a good place. And that at some point, if he doesn't do it or she doesn't do it with you, they'll do it with someone else. And I think that's why it's so mission critical to have points of discernment when we're interacting with people to realize that, yes, we all have times and polarity in our personalities where we'll be very loving and caring and then there's times when not so much but when those boundaries get broken to the point they're irretrievably broken and those become a society issue oftentimes we have had some breadcrumbs along the way and I remember my mom's stepfather who I always called him my grandfather he, at the time, which I didn't know it until many years later, suffered from uh, post-traumatic stress. He was a uh, war veteran, and um, he had very, um, just some very disturbing behaviors. But the behaviors weren't exactly done upon my, me. And it was funny, out of my mom's three children, he loved my sister. There was something about my sister that he would go to the heavens for. And I remember even upon his death, he wanted to talk to my sister before he passed. Um, coincidentally, I was living in a different city and I was on bed rest with my last daughter and I wasn't able to travel and go to the funeral. But what I found that was interesting is that as much as he wasn't a nice person and he could be very mean, he had parts of him that was just so sweet and loving. And I think that's how we get into the struggle with people because we see the parts of them that we really can resonate with and we really find comfort in. And it's hard for us to make our minds think, how could this person who showed me this care and concern also be evil and not um, upstanding and treat people so bad and be so malicious and cold? 
And I think what we have to do, especially more so in those situations, is use our discernment and decide how we are going to deal with these people going forward. And I think as it comes to a romantic relationship, those are the ones that we have the better control and that we have to really vet out and make sure that we don't allow those um, relationships to, to flourish because they're, they're not going to grow right. You may get a couple of bulbs, but they're never going to come in the way they're supposed to because the fundamentally uh, flower isn't going to be right. And that's the truth of the matter when we're dealing with people who have these uh, extreme polarities and behaviors that are um, considered deal breakers in our society. And I think once you start recognizing that um, and you begin to not put people on pedestals, not teachers, not doctors, because we're all humans. And I think that's where it starts. We humanize being human and don't let a career, don't let um, status, don't let money dictate who gets the better treatment or if this person is more worthy than the next. Because again, we all have these different polarities within us that show us what we can be in certain stretch instances. And a lot of times, the best of us, we choose not to act in those ill-mannered ways. So I just thought it was uh, a very interesting topic to kind of talk about. And I think, again, you know, um, we're seeing so many different things come up in our society. But I think the most important thing we can do, as my mom always says, think for ourselves. When you see something, evaluate it. Don't sit on it. People show you who they are. And when they do, believe it and use your discernment. Sometimes it's a gut feeling. You don't have to see something bad to know that there's an underbelly. You rather pull the rug out before the rug is pulled out from you. So I hope you found some value in this conversation. As always, my friends, namaste.